Welcome, adventurer, listener, and kindred soul. You are listening to Starlight, a Dungeons & Dragons space opera podcast on the Ink & Virtue Network. Whether a new friend or an old one, we are glad to have you along for the adventures. The Ink & Virtue Network is dedicated to delivering stories of epic proportions straight to you. Whether it's listening to the impromptu adventures of Squad Luma or diving into the manuscripts of an author, there is something here for everyone. You can support the show by rating it, sharing it with a friend, or finding your way to our network's coffee page where donations help us to keep the magic alive. We appreciate you, and fare thee well, Spacer. Travel safely across the great expanse. Here we go. Roll for initiative. Alright guys, hey, welcome back to Starlight. We are super excited to have you. It is, uh, yeah, we're jumping into some uh, pretty unknown territory. Uh, and, um, you know, from a uh, peaceful episode back into the fire, keeping it interesting. As usual, I am Isaac, your host and GM. With me, until the players reunite, we only have one other player, Nathan Welcome. How are you doing, man? Why don't you introduce your character for us? I'm good. Uh, I'm Nathan. I play Atlas. Well, I don't really have too much to say. No, I just remember we left off on me about to fight something. (laughs) Yes, we left off in a good spot. So why don't we just go right into that on this episode of Starlight. Neuralink. Access memories. Accessing. The time for answers have come. For the bounty hunter's help, Atlas will return with the god egg to Fable Gloom's superiors to entertain what they have to say. Setting off into the heart of Bahamut's Pass, the pair set about finding the mystery behind Gideus Kashin's blade at the center of the asteroid field. It will require days of travel and expert piloting control, and just as the pair pierced into the heart of darkness, they are beset by monstrous beasts that now cling to the outside of their dragon. Memories retrieved. Before we jump in, we're going to do a roll-off for inspiration. Okay. I'm going to give you the best roll that I got, and that is an eight. I got a nine. <laughs> All right, sir. I thought that was a six for a second, but then I saw Take it. your inspiration. Use it well. Hope you're counting these yep. days. Remember, I have it. <laughs> yep. No, I still only have one because uh, I used that last one in the last. Oh, yeah, you did. I think two episodes ago. Okay, mm-hmm. you did. I'll try to shake them. And that's when you feel the ship jostle back and forth. The dais that's bubbling with liquid. There's a few of those tubes that connect to your eyes that hang down from the top of the ship. You attach that to your face. It kind of suctions on. And if an observer was watching you, they would see your veins kind of blacken up from the edges of it. The ends of this plastic tubing almost starting to meld into into your own skin. Your hands dive into the liquid, neither cold, neither hot. And suddenly your senses disappear and become one with the ship, with the dragon. Suddenly, it is if you can feel every heartbeat, every vein moving of this great machine beast. You get the same view that Fable Bloom got of these quadruped creatures that stand no bigger than 
than a medium-sized hound that have no eyes, a mouth that opens up almost like a diamond in the front of its body and has rows and rows of beak-like teeth and a spine that wraps up from the back of its body and attaches to the front of the mouth and four flailing tentacled arms with sharpened tips. And as you you see those tips kind of moving around, you see that there's like a little bit of a, a liquid that kind of like comes out of it and then crystallizes and floats off into space. You then access the guns. Perception check with the guns. Six. You can just see one of the creatures with the guns as the rest kind of scuttle to different parts of the ship. I'm going to try to shoot one. 18. Hit. This silvery light just goes flying out. It slams into the creature, and immediately you just watch as it just blows up. Specifically, the damage on this ship is three points of damage, which is short for 300. You can sense the feeling of them on the outside of the ship, and as you're specifically looking through the two different gun ports, both of them just go dark. And you just you just start feeling the scrape as the creature starts clawing and trying to break off the exposed uh, machinery to destroy the artillery system. Well, if it's right in front of the gun, then I'm just going to try to shoot it. Like, if it, like, seems blacked out, I'm just going to take a random shot. Roll with disadvantage. Four. You do hit a part of it, and you just you see as part of it just like flings off, but it was a small bit, like a part of its tail, inconsequential. Then it continues to... And you can just make out the dark shape of its mouth now, just ripping into parts of the machinery. So the creature is just tearing at the machinery. Part of it, you can tell from the feeling of the ship that they are making some in-routes, you can even, in the times when the, the dark shadow or the blackness goes away, you can see bits of the machinery floating away. You give the turrets a bit of a shake, you know that they're still operational. But there are two of these creatures. They stick the node of their tentacled arms into the ship. And then, as your mind is joined with the ship, as Fablegloom's mind is joined with the ship, you feel the tingle as they begin to use what is called a brain drain and begin to suck not only at the ship but those attached to it so both you and Fablegloom will need to make an intelligence saving throw 13 you feel this almost numbing this tingling in your body as this creature you can tell it's saying and then you shake it off Fablegloom you feel him jostle you as he himself shakes off the effects, the second group of these creatures goes, and they they again try to make in-routes. More of the, the gun is pulled apart. Pieces this time of the, one of the turrets go flying off in bigger quantities, and again, they push their mind in through the ship, attaching to you, attaching to Fablegloom, and I need both of you guys to make another intelligence saving throw against a brain drain. 15. You stand resolutely strong. Fablegloom, on the other hand, you feel his consciousness, his his mind kind of just like arc in pain. <laughs> Brain drain, what it does, when the creature fails a saving throw, they take 16 points of psychic damage, and its intelligence score is reduced by 1 die 6. The mind sapper's intelligence is increased by the same amount, and the target is incapacitated if it is reduced to an intelligence of zero. The reduction lasts until the target regains at least one point of intelligence, either from completing a long rest or from a lesser restoration spell. And you can just feel part of Fable Gloom, just some of his like speech slurring as he loses two points of intelligence and the Mind Sappers gaining two more points. Fablegloom, in that moment when he loses some of that intelligence to the Mind Sapper, 
he kind of jolts the ship, and in that jolting, it causes the two of the mind zappers to slam into each other and kind of push each other off of the turrets, their legs scrabbling onto the side, leaving like little rips and gashes in the side of the dragon, and now within your line of sight. Fable Gloom then is going to try for his turn to make a piloting check where he's going to try and twirl the ship. So 16. 16. Fable Gloom just makes the ship spiral in circles. One of the sappers gets thrown off and starts floating away. You just barely see as it lands on the side of an asteroid and kind of scuttles off into the darkness, almost becomes invisible. One of the other sappers you feel just detached. You don't know where it went, and you can sense that now there's only one sapper on the outside. I will try to find one of them to take another shot. Since you got a good opportunity where you pushed it off, you can make your perception roll with advantage. Eight. You think you almost see it, but again, it does something strange where its body just disappears as soon as it hits like a shadow as it scuttles away. I'll tell Fablegloom to scrape them off the ship. Got it. I'm working on it. It is Fablegloom's turn. Go ahead and roll a die 100. 40 or lower is a complication. 80 or higher is a boon. 26. Fablegloom is getting ready to try and pull the same maneuver when suddenly you both feel like this blip coming from beneath you as one of the asteroids that you didn't see starts to rise and rise, and this is a huge one. And Fablegloom finds himself threading the ship along the surface, trying to raise it up at the same rate that this asteroid is just coming up, hitting other asteroids, and this this asteroid's breaking other rocks apart and just into pieces. Fable Gloom, at this point, he's running the dragon up through a canyon ravine, and there is an eye of the needle that he's running up and through. I'm going to have him roll a piloting check. His DC for this is 14. Six. Fable Gloom just barely gets it through the eye of the needle. You both feel the, the damage as the ship just begins scraping the sides of the walls, and then you're into free space amongst the smaller asteroids, but not without some damage to the ship. The dragon's front and back shields go almost out, and then suddenly the second layer of the defense comes back to life. Uh, shit! The single mine sapper scuttles up again to the turret, its point of entry and connection to you. It sends the tentacle in. It's going to do another brain drain, and I need both you and Fablegloom to make intelligence saving throws. 14. You're fine. Fablegloom fails with a 7, and he loses 6 points of intelligence. That leaves him at 5 points of intelligence left. You watch as this, this mind sapper takes a step back noiselessly into the shadows of an asteroid passing and almost completely disappears. Fable Gloom's turn. Go ahead and roll the die 100. Uh, 85. You got any boons you would like? Uh, yes. I have a boon that I would like. Okay. The ability... Having a higher chance of them being more visible than they normally are. So suddenly, the asteroid clears and the distant sunlight rains down on where it was. You see the mind sapper, and what you actually see is it's spitting on itself. Like these white sud bubbles that are flowing out of its mouth, and as it's hitting the bottom of its legs, it's beginning to root itself to the side of the ship, and a chrysalis is beginning to form in real time up around it. I'll hold it steady. Get a shot. And now it's your turn. I will attempt to shoot it. Eight. Okay, I'm just going to use inspiration. Nat 20. Locked on.
there's a certain sense of adrenaline that's pumping through you and it's you almost get this this feeling of feed 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 and then you realize no that's the sh- that's the ship the ship your consciousness beginning and ending where the ship's consciousness begins and ends you don't know but you kind of snap back from the ship's need to savage and gore at least in this moment and you find yourself once more Fable Gloom pulls back out of the dais. <gasps> and you can just tell he has like the biggest ear splitting headache. And he touches the side of his ears. There's a little bit of blood. <clears throat> uh, Atlas, I, I can hardly see straight. Can you take over the piloting? Yeah, I can handle uh, it. And then you watch him kind of stagger away. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. I I think. What for some would be like a heart pounding encounter. You pick up as if it's was nothing. And perhaps it's because it is nothing compared to what you've been through. According and you don't really know rightly what you're looking for. You're trying to find your way to this constellation that is within Bahamut's past. But if your calculations are right, it's still, from your current location, probably another four days travel in. So gritting your teeth, you continue the travel for the rest of the day, only stopping to go to the bathroom to get some food, to take some smoke. And it's early the next morning that Fable Gloom returns, and he seems to be back in order after having taken a long rest. He takes over some of the duties the next leg of your journey begins. One. On this first particular real foray into the pass, things are not off to a hot start. It starts with you going into the mess hall to get some food when you hear a rummaging. There's a few bumps in the cabinets, and there seems to be something or some entity messing with it. What do you do? Stab my G through the cabinet. 19. Then slowly blood starts to trickle out from the cabinet itself. You carefully open it up, and inside... You find what looks to be like a den filled with mice droppings, tons of dead mice, and someone's snake that was feeding on them. Its mouth is open and he watches like a single mouse just kind of like wriggles its way out of the the mouth and just and just runs off. Nope, I grab that thing too and I squish it. Yep. Upon your exploration you find that you guys only have one fourth of your supplies left in terms of rations four days of rations left atlas you uh you should really get out here atlas requesting immediate and suddenly the voice goes off the lights flicker, and then those go off. All that's left are the battery-powered, just emergency lights on the floor, allowing you to kind of just dimly see your way about. couldn't get worse. It would be better if we just took the egg and left this place right away. But, no. I was piloting it straight towards the the star cluster that you brought up, the constellation. Uh, staying the path when this particular asteroid that was in our path flipped from its dark side 
I did not believe my eyes, but there was some sort of some sort of temple upon it. The moment that we passed it, everything in the ship shut off, and I could almost feel it. I could feel like we were passing through like a like a membrane, a barrier. And now nothing will work. It's something. I. This is gonna sound crazy, but. It reminds me of something maybe from the Fey, or from my own home land of the Astral Sea. Some Something not of your plane put there. That's the only way I can explain why everything just shut off. I can't pilot the ship. I have no... There's no power. Okay... Is the uh, temple that he's talking about in sight, or was it just something that we passed and that's why it happened? So, it was like you just passed it. And even when you like mm. try to throw your hands into the dais to see, there's no connection. It's like just putting your hands into some like amniotic liquid. You can't connect to the ship. It's unresponsive. And the bad part about dragons is there's no viewing ports to the outside. Hmm. So you think this is from the Astral Sea? Uh, something like that, yes. It could be any number. Astral Sea. Uh, I know many of your kind don't know what that's like, but... Technomancy. It's a material plane shadow of what magic can be done in some of the other alternative universes. Uh, that is not of your realm. I can tell you that much. So what if we used your little astral sea transport thing and went into the astral sea? I can only use it, but once. What do you mean you can only use it once? The whole deal is that you can make this traveling back and forth a lot easier. You asked me if I could travel in extreme distances very quick, easily. Yes, I can. Mm, okay. There's a potential that I can make it work more than once. But that's a big if. Assuming that the creature's willing. Well? I don't know. Looks like we're just floating. I mean, there's nothing I can do. It takes a total of three days for the dragon to come back to life. And at that point, your forward momentum has been ruined by getting clipped by various asteroids, and you have been pushed way off course. It has you guys disoriented. It has you pretty confused, as your instruments are not working as well within Bahamut's Pass itself. I'm going to need both you and Fable Gloom to you can both roll a vehicle handling check or you could do a survival check as well to see if you can orient and figure out where you are and not be lost within the asteroid field. 21. Fable Gloom rolled a 4. So you are able to orient and what you find you have floated almost six days off course.
your first day of travel further back in towards your destination, nothing happens. Your second day, you guys are operating on having no rations anymore. So as you guys are flying further in, Fablegloom finally pings you as the day is coming to a close. And he says, what do you think that is down there? It looks like a, uh, like a crash. And indeed, as you look down, you see a silver and yellow starship just stuck into the sides of an asteroid. There's still like debris kind of floating from it, but the ship has long been dead. Fablegloom says, should I bring us down? Yeah, let's try to see if there's anything salvageable. The dragon, you make your way out and you begin first by making sure that the perimeter is safe. There are any mine sappers, there are any other kinds of creatures. And you make your way into the ship. The ship, it's completely abandoned. Well, it looks like it crashed into the side of this this asteroid, and you find a few people, people in second skin suits, now nothing more than husks and shriveled up, kind of like mummified remains that have just gone to rot within the helm, helmet and the, the suit. While you're in there, you find that one of the suits is salvageable. It's a full suit meant for spacewalking. The other thing that you find, 20,000 in credits. You find three days worth of rations. You find a bottle of strong, potent whiskey. And it just says... Hero's brand on it. And so what that means for you is that that bottle of whiskey acts as a potion of heroism. So... The third day carries nothing. The fourth day, however, Fable Gloom and you are in the cockpit. You're both looking out, just kind of like seeing what it is. Fable Gloom occasionally maneuvering the ship out of the way. When you both see hundreds and hundreds of glowing butterflies flapping through space just like a colony of them and then they almost look like a living stream of red black silver purple you both have never seen anything like that the butterflies continue and then they disappear The next thing that happens, as you continue flying for a few more hours, your instruments go completely haywire, just and things begin to beep, things begin to go off. You can still see outside of the ship and everything. Something's just, the deeper you get in, the more there's electrical magnetic disruption. There is a complete break in the asteroids, like a huge pocket. And you guys can see far, far in the distance, 
you guys catch the sight. Almost at the heart of that constellation, this red blip. It's too far to make out exactly what it is, but it's something it made. Just a light. Just bloop, bloop, bloop. Day five brings nothing. Day six. And it's at that point when you guys finally crest into the center of this constellation that you see all that was on Gideus Kashin's mind before he passed. Why, you don't know. You see a single space station out there. It's got to be large enough to house half a dozen people at least. No. You watch as actually it's rotating. The top is almost like a like a top made of metal with a single tip that comes up where you saw that red light coming off of the top of it. And as it rotates upside down, the bottom is like grafted into the side of this asteroid that is almost like a small moon in its own respect. And you realize, no, this could house hundreds of people if indeed this if indeed this satellite is built into the asteroid itself and then running a perimeter around the backside you see a dreadnought it is silver and black and it is completely unmarked you try to run scans on it nothing this belongs to if you had to guess, some form of pirates. The ship doesn't seem to have picked up on you guys yet. What do you want to do? Try get to the space station. Fablegloom looks at you and he goes, Okay, we're doing this. I see a port that way. Do you want me to land there? Yeah, if possible. He just throws the ship into it, just to make a piloting check for him. He has a plus three. Fourteen. He begins rocketing it. I want you to go ahead and roll a stealth roll as he tries to fly the ship from asteroid to asteroid that's floating in and use that as cover from the dreadnought. You're going to combine that with the number he just rolled and he needs to be above 33 and he has a plus six to stealth. 19. At one point, you're certain that, that the Dreadnought noticed you, but it never did. You guys attach to the bottom of this space station, just underneath the rim of the top. You guys are almost like a bat hanging there. You wait, the space station flips again, and once it flips and the asteroid's up in the air by where the Dreadnought is, the ship detaches and the dragon zooms in. Flying into the hangar bay. Immediately, you guys ready the guns, but there is no one in there. Nothing. Yeah, I put uh, Gideon's sword on my back and then walk in. Fable Bloom, as you're walking down the ramp, he puts a hand on your shoulder and he says, You want me to keep this warm? Or do you need backup? I'd say just stands out of the ship. If anything seems to happen, just try to either hide or get away <laughs> there's still a few tricks up my sleeve even without my armor and then he like takes the laser rifle he has and just like 
But he goes, I will give you up to 24 hours. 24 hours and I'm coming in after you. And you step out. You are met by a fully automated factory. You see bots whizzing back and forth. They immediately head to your dragon and begin like cleaning it up as if that is their directive to just work on anything that is brought in. You see certain things like carrying different payloads of material. And then you scan the entire Bay Area and you can see like the dark windows of where a foreman or where the the dock master would be. You can see as like the elevator from that room comes down with it opens up and you see a red bipedal bot. And as it walks up, it has a data pad in this three-fingered hand. Ah, welcome. Please state your name as we need to put it into the record books. Atlas Kashin. Atlas Kashin. Ah. Another one of them. Nice to have you, Atlas Kashin. You sure do have a large family. I do. And it begins just like uploading it, uploading the name lines of the ship. Ah, of course. Unmarked. It is as it should be. And then it turns and starts walking away. Then it stops. Its entire top half of its torso completely does a 180 so that just the top half of its body's facing you. One last thing. For what purpose have you come to our testing grounds? I was sent here. Very good, chap. I will make sure that that is noted for the master to go over. Enjoy your stay, and may it be productive in your lab work. And you do see a set of doors that lead further into the compound. I'll stroll right in. You find that nothing is locked. It's and it and it's vast. And there is not life here. Everything is automated. Everything someone didn't trust people to be here. Everything is being done by these these bots. You pass very mundane tests happening in regular labs. There's nothing necessarily incriminating about the place. Just sterile hallway after sterile hallway until you finally come to a central elevator shaft. This is this great gold-plated door that leads into the elevator shaft. You go to press the button. Access denied. You see like an area for security clearance. The only time you've seen that. Alice's next check with locks and things is he's going to punch it and see if he can break it. Make an athletics check. 11 plus 7. 18? 7. I would say this is a small chance, but go ahead and roll a die 100, and if you roll, let's say, 80% or higher, it'll work. 50. Access denied. And Alice is going to rage and attempt to... I open the door. You're gonna roll an athletic check. Okay, because I'm raging, I have advantage now. Nat 20. Your so. muscles bulge just, and it slams open just on either side. It wants to close, you're holding it on both sides, and you look down, and you just see this like long black elevator shaft that goes down. And there are like maintenance ladders that would allow you to make your way down into the depths. 
Alice, like a creature, is just gonna like jump and like start just like on all fours, just crawling down with it, like his claws and everything too. No. As you're going, you do pass multiple doors. Is you run a quick scouting trip down. There are four more levels that you could get off at. And then it's not that the elevator shaft stops. It's just past the fourth level. You see where this station starts to become chiseled straight into and built into the asteroid. There's still metal there, but parts of the wall is actually just like bored out rock that Mm. goes down into darkness. I'm just going to keep, I'm just keep crawling down. You come to a bottom. At the bottom is the top of the elevator. You get onto the top of it and you can see the emergency escape hatch. And before you, you see a hallway with these lights inlaid in the stone up above. The lights casting just enough light to keep the shadows at bay. But for all intents and purposes, it's three-fourths cavern with, like, laid graded metal on top of it. You look down at the graded metal beneath you, and you see what looks to be like a stream of, of water running underneath the flooring. But it makes no noise, and it moves like smoke down this hallway. So as you keep walking, you come to a point. You come to a point where there's a door on your left, and then about 20 feet up, a door on the right. Both of the doors have windows. Take a quick look in both of them. One seems to like kind of go into another room, but it just looks like it's filled with like computers. But and you're not, you can't really get a good vantage point of what's in there. The other door, you see like another hallway. And you can just see what almost looks like prison cells within. Well, Alice is not really a techie type of guy, so I'll go down the prison cell hallway. It opens up. And as you walk in, there is six cells in total. They're glass walls for the most part. And then the front has like a laser guard on it. You can see the buttons to unlock it, but it requires some sort of security clearance. All of them have a really nice bed. There's desks in there. There's books. There's what looks like recorded hollow vids with a player. Um, you even see one that has like the latest like gaming station. All of them are empty except for two. One has a has a little girl, and she's dressed in clothes meant for a queen a dress that flows and has like purple lilies on it she has like a coat made of like a real pelt of a of a polar bear but her eyes are hollow scared her arms and her hands just pale white as if someone she has she's someone who hasn't seen the light of day in a long time and she's just rocking back and forth her knees to her chest She doesn't even pay you any attention. The other person, you uh, don't even get a chance to to look at him. Um, It's just a voice that says, "Uh, Atlas. And when you turn after hearing that voice, you see a gaunt man dressed also in very rich clothes complete like in the latest fashion a you know double vested suit jacket tailored pants snakeskin boots but the skin the body from what you can see there's like old stains of blood bruises and he is completely cuffed in the hands and the arms there is a metal covering the full parts of his hands so that he can't move his fingers. 
and he just looks up at you and though as gaunt and as beat as he is you see Jonah and he says what, what are you doing here you're not with them are you with who Zugura oh shit how long have you been here days days there were others Rudy took them all down for his damn experiments I've tried talking with her and she won't speak <clears throat> she won't say a, she won't say a word to anyone you have to get me out of here. And you're sure it's actually him and not just someone else? As sure as I am that the sun rises and sets. Hmm. Well, look a little scrawny. Fine. You got the clearance. Open up those doors. Get us out of here. You have it, don't you? Uh. Not exactly. No. Kind of just forced my way down here. Oh, no. How did you get in here? Yeah, the only way I could at the moment. Has broke through some stuff and came down. When you first got here, was there a was there a red bot who greeted you? Yeah. That's C three. Would you call him Pops? <laughs> That's the best that Pops. One of the best works that Pops has done. After you, that thing's about damn smart as a guarantee you it recognized you right off the bat. We'll be lucky if Zaguru's not on his way right now. Please at least tell me where the pirate's gone. Sorry about the dreadnought, no, it's still there. Then that means, and as he says that, an alarm starts ringing. And you can hear footsteps coming from down the hallway. And just yelling. Alrighty. Well, Alice's technique, he's going to break the control panel. I want you to go go ahead and roll an <laughs> athletics check. 20. Immediately, the shielding just drops. That's when the door completely just bashes open. You see a group of, like, four or five pirates standing on the other side, dressed in a mishmash of attire of outfits, and they all have these blasters leveled at you. Fire! We're not getting paid for nothing else! I think that's probably a good place to call it. Alrighty. Yeah. Oof. There's a lot of stuff that happened. Towards the end, too. I know. Thank you for listening to this episode of Starlight. We hope this show brings you as much joy as it does for us to craft it. Significant effort on the order of 10 to 30 hours of editing goes into each episode, and though it is something we will do regardless, any support goes a long ways. If you would like to support the show, 
here are a few tangible ways in which you can. Rating it five stars on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Podchaser helps grow the show and allows us to broaden the audience to spacers who don't know their fans yet. Sharing it with friends or family does the same. And if you wish to donate to help keep our running costs low, you can do so at Coffee in the links below. Last but not least, a simple word of kindness and encouragement to our email below is enough to keep us going no matter what. Have a question or thought that you wish to be aired? Please reach out to us at thestarlightadventures at gmail.com or our social media on Instagram at starlight.adventures. Now, until next time, spacers. Spacers.